This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. Matthew 25, verse 35 says, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me naked and you clothed me ill and you cared for me in prison and you visited me. Hey everybody, I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney in for John Morris today. And our guest today is no stranger to this program. It's my first time meeting her. Nermeen Rubin, welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you and to be here again. Nermeen is from Water for Mercy. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing of this organization before You know, we were connecting online and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So let's get a little bit of a history here. Okay, so I just read about Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, the Gospel of Matthew, and we have a responsibility to help our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. You have done an amazing thing in Africa. What got you started to bring water to those who are thirsty? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your question, but and thank you for giving me these wonderful words, but I truly say God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. And what really got me started, and look, I'm getting goosebumps even saying this to you right now, because uh, years ago when I did my Marian consecration, which for those of you who want a clarification, it is when you devote your life to Jesus through his blessed mother. Mm. And the book that I did was 33 Days to Morning Glory. And I get the title now because it was really, wow, Morning Glory. And that's when God touched my heart. And through a series of touching my heart in very many different ways, I founded Water for Mercy in 2018 in August, and basically our mission is to provide water, food, and hope, and our logo is really a heart with a tap, and I Mm. say it is really God's love, God's heart that touched my heart, and now His love is flowing as clean water to make dry Africa green, and green with growth, and green with also prosperity. My background is actually in hospital administration and I have my MBA. So my Mm. brain is wired. I used to work with hospitals and help them make money. So I like making money. Heck, Mm -hmm. okay. I remember a few years ago when I was touched to go back to Africa. I am African. I was born in Egypt and had no desire to go back. Yet my daughter wanted me to go back. And it was the year I did my consecration when I went back. And now God wanted me to go and say yes to her for a reason. And that's when my eyes were open to the indignity, Mm. uh, indignity of my people, our people, God's people. Mm. And what I saw really got me upset in many ways where I did see people walking for many hours to try to find a water source and the water source was fetid and, and yucky and had poo-poo in it. You know, it was just horrible, not, not even fit for any consumption. But above and beyond that, what really got me angry was seeing the men being deadbeats or so I thought, mm-hmm. okay? And I saw their eyes and they were just sitting there. And I do want to kind of back up to say I found it Water for Mercy in August of 2018, we received our 5013C status on March 19th. 2019, which is extremely significant, which is the feast day of St. Joseph, because Mm. it's all about, of course, he is the the father of the universal church, but it's all about dignity. And and that's what kind of got the hair on the back of my neck, uh, because God put 
in every man's heart that desire to be the provider, like St. Joseph, to protect your family, to take care of them, to help them grow. And what I saw when I saw what I saw is I thought they were lazy and deadbeat, and I saw they were making their wives and children doing all the work and walking, Mm -hmm. and that's what got me angry, to do something about it because I saw that that was wrong. And then the more I researched, my whole motive was how do I get the men back to work? Mm -hmm. And then the more research I did, the more I, what, what God revealed to me is that it all starts with water. And what you find out is as the continent of Africa, the majority of everyone there really owns land that they've owned for many generations. And because of the conditions or whatever, they have not had any sustainable means of getting a water source mm-hmm. to allow for sustainable farming. And that is key because farming is food. Yeah. Once you have water, you have to have food and not just food to fill your bellies, food that really gives you nutrition. And we work with Israeli NGOs, non-governmental organizations, where their expertise is in water and in solar and in agriculture. And they happen to be the best in the world, and they are world-renowned. And as I say, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called because I thought, what can I do? I'm just one person, and I don't know anything about water. That's something else. And when God kept redirecting me to water, when I finally humbled myself to say, okay, tell me what to do. And the next thing I know, I read about how Israel has the solution in the water, energy, and agricultural fields. Have you ever seen the movie, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind? (gasps) I have read the book. Yes. And amazing. Amazing story. So yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when I started looking at your website was this Mm -hmm. is based on a true story. It's a Mm -hmm. little boy in an African country, Mm -hmm. that same deal. They Mm -hmm. have no water. Uh It means that everybody is sick. They have to go miles and miles Mm -hmm. for a jug of water, which Mm -hmm. by the way, a gallon, if you don't know this, I'm not very good at science or numbers or anything, but a a gallon of water weighs about eight pounds. (sighs) So imagine having to walk four miles every day and dragging back, you know, five gallons of water. Oh, they have these big jerry, these jerry cans is what they call them. And we had our students at Clearwater Central Catholic High School because they they do awareness. And one of their football players tried to put one on his head. They couldn't. Like, it is heavy. So the the jerry cans are like, I think, 40 pounds. Like, And they put them on their heads. So you're right. It's not just, it's the physical burden, but it's also when you get it, it's not... It's not pure. It's not pure. And and it does make them sick and it does kill them. And and there's usually not enough for them to be able to provide good food. We're recording this in the season of Lent. And during Lent, we Mm -hmm. we often hear about the crown of thorns being placed on Jesus's head. And normally we kind of ignore it and don't really think much of it. But I got thinking recently when I started hearing about your organization that at that time of day, Jesus was probably pretty horribly dehydrated. So that takes, and this is what the people of Africa are, are they experience this every day. And, and you imagine a crown of thorns being placed on a head that is dehydrating and just the throbbing that he must have gone through. So little, now that's a, clearly a, a, a huge thing that Jesus went through, but we're talking everyday life of the people in Africa 
And and what's interesting, okay, I do want to have to say this. I, I mentioned Clearwater Central Catholic High mm-hmm. School. Okay, so blessed. They have a student chapter and so forth. And about a year and a half ago, Dr. John Ventrella, who is their president, their vice principal, Henri Garza, and their director, Beth Laney of Development, came with us to Africa. I said, you really? guys have to come and see. They were terrified, cr- crazy. In a nutshell, thank God they went. And they went on this donor insider experience, which we have an opportunity for people to come in July, which we could discuss later. However, what I want to say is that, you know, we had fun. We went on a safari. They got to see, you know, that. And then they got to see the impact of what we do because Mm. our villages where we have it are remote. They're more in the central part of Tanzania, which is where my water projects are, whereas the safaris and stuff is near like the Serengeti and and it's more touristic, okay? Mm -hmm. So we had about uh, 10 days and and it was like day eight, day nine, and we're going behind the scenes now with our villages and they get to interact and so forth. And we have boots on the ground. Again, my Israeli organizations, we have staff and the staff is there color. They speak their language, you know, again, because again, we train them to train each other, which is extremely sustainable. So through the translator, through our boots on the ground, we were at one of our villages and we had the Monakiti, who was the village chief, discussing to us the conditions of it. And Mm -hmm. we were standing around their water hole. It was their old water source because Water for Mercy had provided them water with a tank. So he was so grateful, but he wanted to show us the source. So we're standing around this hole. Okay. And I'll have to say, this was where it's like, if you would have seen their faces, how white they turned. And that was kind of like the pivoting moment that something touched them. And I'll tell you what happened is this villager is saying, he went on to relay a story that about two and a half months ago at that water source, he hears a blood curdling scream and he looks up and there's a woman at the water source and there is a hyena fighting her for water. Think about it. Animals are thirsty too. So when you have a water source, you're not just getting water for yourself. You're competing with the animals for water. So he hears this. He sees this, of course, thank God, runs over there. He fights the hyena off. He saves the woman's life. And as he's describing it to us, we all notice that his right hand, as he's telling us, three of his fingers and his pinky and thumb have been maimed and three of Mm. his fingers are cut off. And it was like the reality of it was like holy cow in in, in this day and age people are fighting off a hyena for water and that was the moment where it's like wow we need our students our people to understand and that's why bishop parks has been such a proponent of this being within his diocese because he knows we're engaging the students to look beyond this community it's wonderful and it's noble that we do the can drive and, and and so forth and help our community which is amazing that's fabulous but it's also so it's also important to look beyond our beautiful America, because even though we have wonderful and even my kids and so forth with good values, there's nothing worse than when I would hear my children's friends when they were turning 16, how upset a few were because their daddy got them a used Kia, mm-hmm. but their friend's dad got them a souped up brand new Jeep. Yeah. Meanwhile, and, thousands in Africa uh, uh, right. are, are so, thirsty and right. go to bed like in pain because right. of their thirst. So it's the perspective of awareness. So 
thank God, truly blessed. Uh, you know, Clearwater Central Catholic yeah. has initiated this group, and they're actually having Walk for Water in conjunction with World Water Day in March 22nd. I think that's that Saturday, so people can can jump in. We've got St. Cecilia's involved, Espiritu Santo, nice. and we're also reaching out here with Jesuit and so forth to get more of the students to kind of look beyond. And of course, it's fun and you get service hours and so forth. So there's many opportunities to get the youth and also the community involved to open their eyes that we are all people. We are all God's people Mm. and we need to uphold dignity and the basic, basic need for the people in these remote areas is water and water leads to Food and then food leads to better health and you can work and everything else. So we're talking with Noreen Rubin uh, here on How We See It, Deacon Mike Sweeney here. And tell me, how how does it work? So you've been to Africa a whole bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I'm actually flying out tomorrow. Are you really? Crazy. Yeah, to Tanzania. How does it work as far as picking a village to implant? So you need machinery, you need wells dug and everything else. How, How do you choose? Okay. And this is where I say, wow, leave it to the experts again. You know, I work with Israeli non-governmental organization. The one that I work with for the water wells is named Innovation Africa. As a matter of fact, their CEO is going to be here March 31st for the luncheon with Bishop. And I'll tell you how remarkable this organization is, Innovation Africa. This was the reason and the push that I got to basically do this, because this is amazing about the technology. You've heard me say about technology, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you the reason why. When I went to Africa and different areas, let's just say I saw a graveyard of good intentions. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. There were all these signs of uh, solar panels donated by Mr. and Mrs. Da Da Da. Mm-hmm. This water hole donated by the government of Da 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 Da. And then you see they're broken. They've been some parts have been salvaged, and they're sitting there. And then you talk to the communities that have been there, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was given to us ten years ago. It doesn't work. Give us mm-hmm. another one. So let me tell you the ramifications of that. Number one is what I just said at the end. That incenses me. Mm -hmm. Give me another one. Wow. We are now enabling dependency. We're not giving them a hand out up. We're giving them a hand out. We have not taught them how to fix it. We have not taught them who to go to in case something does break and so forth. And this is so important because again, because here are these people like me, because I saw, I historically did this where I would give money to organizations and I think they're doing good, which they are. Mm -hmm. However, if they're There's no follow-up and going back to make sure it's still working as well as empowering them to fix it. Then basically what you've done is you've basically burned your money and you've walked away. So when when my eyes were opened on this, this is when I realized, wow, Innovation Africa, this Israeli NGO, they have a remote monitoring system and they have received awards from the United Nations for the innovation of this remote monitoring system. So every single one of my projects, as a matter of fact, the village that Bishop Parks funded, Hoosie village. There's a button I could show you on my phone. We And I showed it to the bishop every, he, he could push it any minute, any second. It's real time mm. where we can monitor how much energy is being utilized from the sun, solar, how much water is being pumped. Because again, we only pump during the day mm-hmm. uh, with the sun. And then at night we have the reservoir. So if something doesn't work, boom, we're alerted immediately. And the way we are set up is within two hours, we fix it. So with Innovation Africa, not just 
they have this technology. They also are the experts, so they work with the villages to empower them. They have a, a, a means of vetting villages. You know, they have no electricity. Usually their homes are mud huts, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically poo-poo huts, you mm-hmm. know, made out of dung, uh, you know, remote. So they have a series of ways as to how to vet them. Mm-hmm. And then once they identify a village, they have to have that village participate. They've got to get skin in the game. They dig the trenches. They get involved. How many uh, distribution points of water are going to be? They make all the decisions, yet we or we guide them through Innovation Africa, through the boots on the ground, and we give them a dignity because yeah. though we're giving them water, this is their system and they manage it. So they don't they don't give the water away free. Oh, no, 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 no. They know. They meaning who? The, the villagers, they take ownership okay. of it. So now they, let's say this village, usually around three to 5,000 people. So they all know each other. Mm-hmm. So they know, ooh, wait a minute, Mike is a widower and he has seven kids. Uh, we're only, only going to charge you a dollar, a bucket a month. But wow, George here is has an income, da, da, da. We're going to charge them $10 a bucket a month. Mm-hmm. Again, everyone is charged, however, based on their ability. And what that does is it shows ownership, number one. And let me tell you, they're held accountable. When I go there, the the treasurer loves to show me their ledger and how they keep the books and they know how much water. And, and, And it's great because they are monitoring and it is theirs. But with the remote monitoring system, we make sure everything is working. Yeah, you all keep the time. track of it all the time. So, mm-hmm. but how does it work? I mean, can you, you're going to where uh, tomorrow? Tanzania. Tanzania tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Can you just go to a village no. and, well, yeah. and, and just decide what, you know, this is our next place? Or, I mean, is there permitting involved? Like, you can't just go drilling wells here in Florida. You no. know, yes. you need to have permits it's and whatnot. It's a whole thing. And that's the thing. That's why God does not call the equipped, He equips the called. I work with these Israeli organizations that already have gone through. Through the work of setting up, they are registered in their company and those companies. We, we work and coordinate with the governments. As a matter of fact, whenever I'm there and we turn on the taps, mm-hmm. there's always representation with the governments. So you have to get a permit for drilling. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And thank God they're the experts and they know what they're doing. So Amazing. you don't have to. You don't have to worry about <laughs> no, it yourself. But, no, no, no. But I. But it's kind of nice to come and oversee what they're doing mm-hmm. because it makes you realize how optimal because again that's just water number one and then what happens is when we see that they're good stewards of water then we bring in agriculture and Mm. that is so key because we work with Hebrew University and another NGO called Cultivate and this is when my eyes were open about the chosen people and their methodology Mm. and the technology and wow growing vegetables optimally because again drip irrigation is like a tiny drop of water if you can imagine like a hose garden hose with a tiny little pinprick of water strategically placed to the root and with fertigation where we are able to put in nutrients in that tiny drop of water goes directly to the root. So now that tomato plant, for example, that we're used to yielding about 20 to 25 tomatoes is Mm -hmm. now yielding 120 tomatoes. So you're talking about ding, 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 money, yeah. money, money. So now you're talking about eating nutritious foods, but selling it and making money. And you're also talking about taking arid land oh, yeah. and turning it into a farm, which is just... Who, who do you think the expert on that is? Israel. If yeah. you look at Israel, landlocked, whatever, look at the Negev. Oh my gosh, I went to the desert there. Holy cow, what they've been able to do 
amazing mm. with the technology. I, I was I was there a few months ago before the end of the year, and uh, I learned some of the new technologies that they're doing with the uh, waste water management, mm-hmm. which they're best of, and also desalinization. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that yet where we are uh, in Africa, but there is a project where we have a donor wants us to do in Morocco. And actually, I was supposed to be there this week, but but our, I'm not the expert. So it's really the, the boots on the ground are really vetting the stuff there now. And they've said that the critical issue there is waste management of water. And who are the experts? Israel. So again, mm. Israel in terms of energy and te- in terms of uh, water technology and in terms of of agriculture, truly they have made that desert bloom. We are talking with Nermeen Rubin from Water for Mercy and Deacon Mike sitting in for John Morris today. All right, so let's talk about your local organization okay, a little yes. bit. So you, I'm going to have to get you in, into the, the big questions yes. now. You know, before, people are willing to donate, but they want to know that their dollar is going to be used for uh, not a whole lot of overhead, but it's going to go to help the people in Africa. So can you talk about, you know, if I were to donate 10 bucks today, what percentage of that would go to help the people of Africa? Okay. And and this is when I say, I'll answer your question 100% right now. Don't uh, lie to me. I'm, I'm a no, deacon. I'm not lying because Seriously. again, this was God touching my heart and I jumped in and I did this and I founded it. So right now, Water for Mercy is a one person show. However, really? I, God has equipped me with good contractors. So, and wow, I have the best husband ever. Ever. And he looks the other way as I cleared out my IRA, as wow. I sold out my stocks and so forth. Because if I'm going to ask you to donate $20, I jumped in and I don't, and I donated 20,000. So wow. through that, I, because I, again, I, I, it's kind of our field of dreams where I wanted, I wanted to prove to the world that this is like, truly we can save the world in terms of water, food, and sharing this Israeli knowledge. Mm. So I wanted to prove to the world that this works. And the only way to prove it is to do it. So now that we've done it, people have seen what we're doing. And until we get sustained, Sustainable, like what what I like to say is that in Africa, all of our projects are 100% sustainable because of the technology. Mm-hmm. Every single one of our projects works, is permanent and 100% sustainable. Water for Mercy here in the United States, my goal is to make it sustainable. And the way to make it sustainable is for more people to see what we are doing. And that's where I infuse my personal money. And even now, I say on the website, 100% of your donation goes in because every couple of months, I do a large donation that covers the printing print mm-hmm. of this or the hat that I give for marketing purpose as a means for people to, to know. And I have to say, when you did the introduction, I was so sad because when you said you had never heard of Water for Mercy mm-hmm. until you knew you were going to interview to me. And I said, oh, dear God, uh, I'm not really doing my job that well, you know, because God gave me a loud voice. Can you tell? He And I have chutzpah, as my husband likes mm. to say, you know, so... I'm using my loud voice and my chutzpah and the talents that God gave me in terms of my boldness and using the spirit of fortitude. And I'm trying to do it all. And the only way to really tell them effectively is to show them. And Mm -hmm. now I still put in money until we can get some grants so that we can then hire staff. And in the meantime, I'm paying them on a contract basis until we can really have an organ. A a beautiful thing would be for if water for mercy could someday not be needed 
anymore. Well, that's the whole point. We are, and that's the thing. That's the other thing that I saw that my eyes were opened. Okay, I realized that not all nonprofits are created equal, so to speak. And I, and I'm saying that tongue in cheek because mm. what my eyes were opened about is that there are so many organizations that want your money so that the organizations continue to thrive and yeah. grow. And that's why our model is teach their teachers to teach because what I for what I did what I need to mention and is so amazing is that through the Don Bosco Technical Institutes of Africa, which is the best and premier vocational technical training institute in the entire world, okay, and vocational training, we are now, we've set up curriculums with Israel and set up this knowledge where we are sharing the knowledge through their teachers, through their community. So you're talking about impacting and having them because I want to tell you, at Mm -hmm. my age, I should be eating bonbons on the beach, okay? (laughs) And and my whole, our whole goal is that we all have the same heart. Our heart is that we need to work ourselves out of a job. And yeah. the way we work ourselves out of a job is that, yeah, God says even in the Bible, the poor will always be there. And you're right. They will always be there, but they need to help themselves. And that's what we're doing is that and empower them so that it's them and it's their project and help them to get it started. But again, it empowers them so that I could be eating bonbons on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to look at that gospel, you know, see if there's a gospel or a bonbon verse in there. Pretty sure it's not. But do you have a board of directors? Absolutely. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Okay, well, uh, ex officio is, of course, uh, Bishop Gregory Parks. Yep. And uh, we have Dr. John Ventrella from uh, Clearwater Central Catholic. He is on our board of directors, as well as Frank Murphy, who was the one who started Penelas Hope and was the president of Catholic Charities, Father Greg Toddle. Those are the Catholic people. And then, of course, I have the Jewish people. You know, again, we're all tikkun olam because we're all people with good heart that all have the heart and the right motive. And and you've heard me talk about this luncheon for tikkun olam. Mm -hmm. Tikkun olam is a Hebrew word that means repair the world. And what you find out when people, okay, when you go through a mitzvah, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, mitzvah, that word means a good deed. That's one of the meanings. So every person that's going 12 or 13 years old as a Jew, you want to go through your bar mitzvah as you're accepted into the faith as a Jew, kind of like our confirmation or right. baptism really when we're babies, but then we come, you know, to really embrace that. So everyone, every Jew has in their heart Tikkun Olam, and the way it is, is kind of like how we are supposed to be the light of the world and bring our lights together, Mm -hmm. and together our lights are going to show bright. That is exactly the concept of Tikkun Olam. Only when we all come together with our talents, individual talents, talents and gifts. Truly, Mm. we can all repair the world. And that is what is in the heart of every Jew. So together with the Jewish people, and I'll I'll tell you to answer your question, the one who another person on the board of our organization is Jewish. He Mm -hmm. is Seth Siegel, who wrote the book, Let There Be Water. It's a New York Times bestseller, The Israel Solution to a Water-Starved World. Wow. The fact that he's even on my board is amazing. And also a professor at the University of Maryland, of which we're doing research with Hebrew University to share the knowledge also within the United States. So we have an amazing board and they've been extremely supportive because they understand the end game is dignity and self-sustainability. Mm. And you have helped 
thousands and thousands 40, of people. 40,000 people to date, and that's just water for mercy since nice. 2018. Unbelievable. All right, so that luncheon you're talking about is Friday, March 31st from tw- uh, 12 o'clock till 2 o'clock at Congregation Beth Shalom. Go to your website. Yes, and it's on a Friday, and it, by the way, it's Lent, and uh, we're going to have Israeli delectable dishes, nice. and it is kosher because it is a kosher event. Amazing. All right, we literally and, and, have and Catholics. just a few seconds left here. You also have a trip a trip that people can join you on. Yes. I am not going oh, to Africa anytime it's so easy. soon. It's uh, so easy. It, it sounds easy, but I don't even like to drive down the street. Oh, so, well, you know. Well, this one you don't have to drive because you have the safari guides driving you in the trucks. And that's the whole trip, not just on the safari, but also at our project. So you're in these SUVs and we're nice. doing that July 2nd through the 14th. We already have a few people that have signed up, including a rabbi and a priest. And I promise it's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 7500 bucks per person or 8300 And it's all after. included. That's land only. And that portion goes towards funding a village. And I want it for water. And you get to turn on the taps. And mm. in terms of dollars and cents, an entire self-sustainable water project is $65,000. And that's forever and ever. Nice. For life. And then drip irrigation with agriculture. Six months later, we put that in. And that's $35,000. So when okay. you look at the whole scheme of things for 5,000 people, for $100,000 forever and ever and ever, they're done. They're, they're, they're sustainable and they're proud and they have dignity and they help the country thrive. Beautiful. You're, you're doing great work. Keep it up. Water for Mercy. Go to their website, water, the number four, mercy.org. Nermeen Rubin, thank you so much for coming in. Great to have you. I hope I'll see you. you on the 31st and see St. Stephen's there. You never know. You might yep. even see me in Africa someday. Oh, I can't wait. That would be awesome. Love the safari idea and everything else. So keep up the great work and uh, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.